You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast. G'day and welcome to episode 74 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. We're here for the final time in this year, 2023. A year that's flown by and flown by the seat of the Red Bull, Max Verstappen, certainly uh, this season. Uh, we're saying goodbye to this year. I think for most of us, all of us, it will be a very welcomed goodbye to this uh, Formula One season. Yeah. We are uh, exactly 86 days away from Bahrain 2024 for the 2024 F1 season. We're already looking forward to that, obviously. But wouldn't be a final... Uh, episode of the year without a little wrap-up, a little quick chat with the boys to uh, discuss the year that was and uh, chat chat about, you know, our predictions that we had this time, around this time last year and, uh, you know, poke some fun and see, uh, see how we did. So, as always, here with my two co-hosts, I'll start with you, James, how we doing? Good. It was, this year was definitely an orange blur as it went by very yes. quickly. Yes. <laughs> it was lots of orange, lots of Dutch anthems. I'm glad it will be, what, three months-ish until we have to hear it again, most likely. <laughs> it's coming we'll from see. you. That's coming from yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh... So, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wait and we'll cherish the days until we hear the, the Dutch and Austrian anthem once again. But we're doing well. You right. can't complain. And Vroon, just yeah. got back from Vegas. We had to postpone the recap. Oh, yeah. But... yeah, just uh, building up the excitement from the fans. That's all you can do. Yeah, you... I call that season more of a, a brown blur because... It was just a sack of shit. <laughs> That's the way I saw it. But yeah, counting down the days till next year. Hopefully we'll be better. I have high hopes. We'll get to that in the predictions. And uh, I mean, we're already in the winter testing, so we really don't have to wait at all to start yeah, speculating. Yeah. I mean, we won't, be, we won't be doing our predictions for next year until no, the new no. year. But we'll get into our ones that we had, the vibes that we oh. gave off. For I'll tell you who my number one's going to be. <laughs> right now shocker <laughs> yeah you can tell us now Jaco uh, Perez <laughs> uh, yeah but obviously so yeah you had Vegas did you see any I meant to ask you to start oh, the yeah. pod like did you have any was there any uh, kind of leftovers from the Grand Prix or yeah there was mad people <laughs> there was definitely leftovers uh, not not anything that would like disrupt the experience of going to Vegas now but you can definitely see how uh, if I mean if, it, if there was this much left like what is it now four weeks after the race I can only imagine what it was like before. And there was definitely a lot that looked like it's just going to be there permanently. Like there was like a, this one like rickety bridge, almost like something you'd expect like the military to build to get over like a river. Like just this very like makeshift, makeshift like rickety metal bridge that they had to build for this like really major road to go over the F1 circuit. And like that was just one thing I saw. But other than that, there wasn't really much left. Obviously the paddock is still there because that's permanent. Uh, and that was cool on its own, but it's not really on the strip, so you don't really like get it get a look at, at it unless you're going to Top Golf. It also looks like it without the F one stuff there, it doesn't really look anything crazy. Yeah, you don't you wouldn't really know what it was yeah. unless you're an F one fan. Um, yeah, really, all that was left on the strip was just like all those uh, metal frames that hold up the lighting. So that was a little bit annoying because like each support for the frame would come down onto the sidewalk and then they would have to like build a little ramp over it so so you're like funneled from this massive sidewalk into like this little tiny thing just to go right. this one support and that's like every 10 meters oh <laughs> my god so, yeah playing hopscotch yeah and then there's like of course they're like working 24 7 to take stuff down so there'll be like one of those like m- like mobile cranes just parked in the middle of this trip like taking off metal girders and all this stuff wow. I yeah mean, it certainly is ambitious to like yeah race there 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, you're... I mean, it's unlike any other... I guess there are, like, lots of street circuits, but um, for the logistics of this race, it was definitely a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. Well, did you did you win your ticket for 2024 Montreal Grand Prix? Did, did I you, win my ticket? Yeah, the value-wise? Did you, get, did you oh. uh, gamble, gamble enough well, money? Well, we did... We did uh, we did go a little, uh, I think we splurged, splurged a little bit on the, the grandstand we're in this year, but I think with the USD conversion, I think uh, it's probably paid for. Right on. Oh, yeah. I love that. Know. A little trip to Vegas to pay for your Canadian Grand Prix. And it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying I paid for it in winnings. I, it, I paid for it in money I didn't lose. So <laughs> oh, okay. since that was budgeted, winning, budgeted to all go down the drain on the weekend, I didn't lose it. Technically, you could say now it's just... Paid for my, yeah, <laughs> my it's division. money you made by not losing. I did win money on the weekend, but not enough nice. to cover the ticket on its own. But yeah, okay, so I no, mean, if no you want to turn this into a, a gambling review, I can go through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so no, save the season review for next week. No paddock club for next year. I was wondering if no, no paddock club for all three of us. You're okay? <laughs> no, I was wondering if you might have put like a cheeky like bet on like world driver champion next year or something i could have but i mean that would just be making life harder on myself we do live in a yeah you have to go yeah. <laughs> i'd have to go back to vegas just to cash it yeah I, it's yeah. like oh i twist my arm now i gotta go back oh that would be hilarious but it would guarantee you would go back yeah. especially if you put it on uh maps for staff and i feel like but yeah. um yeah right on well it was good good to, good to have you back obviously and interested to hear uh your sights and sounds from the aftermath of what was a crazy race uh, I was thinking about Abu Dhabi as well. Not really much to say there. I think it was like more of the same that we've seen. Obviously, uh, big shout out to Max for his 19th victory of the year. It was kind of a an easy victory uh, for him. Uh, I want to. I can't even remember the podium. Do you guys remember? Uh, Charles, Charles had a good checko yeah. through, but didn't get enough time. Oh and yes, Russell yes. ended up getting that third. Yeah, yeah. So Charles was second, and then uh, Sergio with his penalty back. So then, the big, the big storyline there that we were looking at that race was that fight for uh, yeah. P two. But I think yeah. it was more like, like obviously it was a lot of money, but like, um, there's times when like you can't, like Charles tried to let yeah. Checo through and get and get that gap over gap, Russell. But there's only so much you can do. But was that yeah. even like would that have even decided it? Because I think they were clear anyways. I think that, I mean it would have helped, but. I think just with like the, the fact well, that the Mercs didn't DNF, like it was. Yeah, the the point spread was three, and Russell going from P three to P four would have been twelve, or from fifteen to twelve points. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, so it, it would have put tie. them into tiebreakers, which yeah, I don't yeah. know what it would it. Well, I guess it, it would have been Ferrari from the win from they Char- win. Yeah, so it was the difference. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah, and the worst thing was after doing all those calculations, the pit wall no burnouts. Yeah. No yeah. burnouts, Charles. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't know on. if they had, like, we've already seen that once this year with drivers getting uh, disqualified for a lack of fuel. And I think apparently that's what it was, that he wouldn't have had enough fuel for the sample if he had done the uh, burnouts. That was last year, I guess. Yeah, it was, it was, Seb, uh, it was Seb, Seb last year. Seb last no, but year. even, like, uh, oh, no, Lewis's was because of the tire wear, or the wear board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the floor, yeah. No, no, yeah. that's, yeah, but it definitely was the difference. And uh, the the point I was trying to make when, it, when I was saying, like, you're not going to do anything and everything was that there was also talks that like Charles could have like literally almost stopped, but like basically run really slowly so that he could get to George and then just slow George down yeah, like yeah. a shit ton. But the George was actually saying in like one of the interviews, he was thankful that he didn't do that. And like realistically, like that's kind of, I don't know. That's like, that's almost on the level of like intentionally crashing and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, exactly. You gotta be racing. You can't be not racing. Exactly. That would be the opposite of racing. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was the real big storylines of Abu Dhabi. Uh, I thought it was it was an interesting watch in general, just because I had that in my mind, and like the Checo penalty kind of made the last few laps like a little more interesting. But yeah. on a whole, like there wasn't a whole lot to watch for. We really tried our best to 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 get you guys set up for the race beforehand, obviously with our last episode, but. Um, Really, it was kind of what we expected to see it with a little bit of drama at the end. Yeah, it kept you in it simply because of all those like year-long tussles yeah, that you yeah. had between and like the few drivers. I think that it never would have even been a question if like Carlos didn't go in Q1. Like He had a oh, very yeah. tough weekend. Yeah. He went out in Q1 and he was just never... in At Abu Dhabi, if you're out in Q1, you're pretty much screwed. Like Unless you get a safety car like a Nicholas Latifi yeah. uh, special, you're not going to really uh, make your way up the field very much. So that was a bit unfortunate to see that like he was just... If he was up there, I think Ferrari would have for sure been in uh, P2. But uh, all in all, too, like it's pretty miraculous that when you, when you think about the fact that these two teams were that close, considering how poor the Mercedes has been for like a majority of this season. Yeah. Not to say that Ferrari didn't have its problems. It obviously did. But uh, pretty crazy to think that they were that close, yeah. given the trajectories and given the like different uh, ways the cars are yeah. built. And like... I mean, that's the nice part about doing this review is, like, you think back at all the different moments of the season that contributed to the end result. Like, you think about, obviously, the one I just mentioned, the Lewis uh, DQ. Obviously, Charles obviously was DQ'd in that same race. And Brazil when Charles crashed on the formation. Yeah, yeah things like oh, that. Oh, wow, yeah. On um, Yeah. Did, did Carlos have a lot of DNFs this year? Or is that mostly that was last, last year? year? Last yeah. year, yeah. Last year he had this. But I still think at the beginning of the year, like, we were obviously talking about Ferrari just shooting themselves in the foot, like, a lot. Strategy, um, mainly. Yeah, strategy-wise. So, I mean, all those things. And, like, that's that's the reason every race matters. Because, uh, obviously, like, those first few races, we weren't really thinking about what we'd be looking at standings-wise uh, after Abu Dhabi. But uh, we finish off with a three-point gap between the number two and number three teams. So Yeah, for sure. And, like, the, the trajectory, it's like you'd see, if you were to graph them, I feel like you'd get a more, like, consistent line for Mercedes where, like, if one driver wasn't scoring or then the other one was or if they were both scoring they were both scoring like moderate yeah. points yeah and then you'd get like the Ferrari trajectory where they were very peaky like they would have yeah. a win and then they would be like 10th and 9th and then they would have like a 5th and 6th then they yeah. would have like yeah. a 12th and a there DNF like a lot of points during the year where one driver was looking like a hero and the other like a zero and I, that flip-flopped and I we, feel like that's the Ferrari thing right yeah. now like um yeah there's so many I think it should have been really if you look back on the year there's way more like in if you were to sum that battle up it was Ferraris to lose and they lost it in the yeah. sense of like you think of like Carlos's penalty in Australia early in the year where mm -hmm. he was like sixth or fifth and then he got it was on the restart and he got a penalty and he just dropped it yeah because yeah. everyone was so grouped up exactly lost, so, like five places so many moments like that where he was like yeah. on for a podium and then all of a sudden he was out of the points uh, yeah, I remember him pleading, please, please, yeah, yeah, this go talk right. to that Mickey, was, that yeah. is not right. That was sad, that was not fun to watch. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> I, terrible. I was watching the, like, top uh, race, uh, sorry, the the radio messages of the year, and that was on there, I was like, no, just delete yeah. this, I hate it so much, but, um, yeah, just interesting, like, again, I think it's, like, impressive that Mercedes was so consistent, and also impressive that Ferrari continues to be peaky and, like, inconsistent yeah. in that sense, where I would definitely say, like, if you were to just rank the the cars like on pace, you'd probably say the oh, Ferrari should be higher. You're sure. picking the Ferrari, for yeah, sure. yeah. And I mean, if you were to rank them, uh, I'll actually I want to give you guys this question right now. If you were to rank them based on like current pace, all cars on the grid, what would your top three be? 
like right now, not notwithstanding like any points scoring this year, but like give me your top three like cars. Like who would you want to drive for? Obviously, top Red Bull would be number one. Yeah, I'd go. I mean, just like off gut and like not really like looking too deep into it. I'd go probably Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. Those yeah. would be my three. And and that's yeah. like obviously looking at it at a specific point in time because the yeah. beginning of the year we were just McLaren was down in the dumps. Oh, you would never touch them. Uh, but like they really turned it off. Turned it on, sorry, uh, just before the summer break, I think it was. Just, yeah, yeah, Austria. Austria, and then they kind of kept it going. Like, they were definitely on a, I would say, like, a higher trajectory when we were talking about them, but they didn't drop off anywhere, like, uh, what we thought they might. Yeah. Um, so that was good to see from them. And I think pace-wise, those those would be my easy picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, that, that kind of, like, gives some credit to the Mercedes drivers for making do with a for sure inferior car on their finishing definitely not as good and that's what I'm saying I'm trying to make that point like I think all of us whether you put McLaren two right now or Ferrari two or three like I think those are the top three agreed honestly like I I would probably put McLaren two right now just because I think their philosophy is like nailed on right now and they're really nailing it but uh you you say that like we would rank a car we'd want to drive in Mercedes as probably the fourth yeah. And they're mm-hmm. finishing P2. So, yeah, a great year for them. Uh, shout out to our boy Sam. I bet you just love to hear all that what we just said. Um, <laughs> definitely, you know, there's definitely bigger and better things to come for them. Um, speaking of that, I know there's a lot of news this week about Susie and Toto Wolf. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you heard about that. Didn't but... dig much into it. I just saw all the teams coming out with, like, statements. Identical and... statements. Too. Identical so, yeah. copy-paste ones, which is pretty... Pretty classic, like Formula One meme type stuff that they yeah, did. Yeah, legal, legal, uh, yeah, legally obliged stuff. But yeah, yeah. they were in the spotlight for sure. They're making the drama of the off season. I don't really want to get too much into it just because I don't know the ins and outs as much. But basically, like they're saying that um, Susie's position in the F one Academy is uh, and is so basically she works within F one as like the governing body, and then Toto being the team wins principal of Mercedes. There's like rumors that. There's like some information being shared yeah, between the two of, parties, yeah. which makes sense. They're married. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You want to tell me that like, I'm not going to talk to my wife about work yeah. for the most part. Like, obviously there's like NDAs and stuff that I'm sure that they respect, but um, yeah, that would, that would be what this is considered around. So definitely spice it up a little bit the off season, especially when it's, again, I don't want to dwell on that too much, yeah. especially in a season where we also have the flip side where normally this episode every year we get to talk about like, uh, silly season and the drivers that are changing but yeah, this is yeah. the first time I think since like I want to say like the 50s that the driver lineup is remaining identical yeah. yes. next season so there's not much for us to, to touch on there but uh, I also think it's a bit exciting because like we're going to get to see first of all I think the driver lineups for at least the top five teams on the grid are like very solid like I wouldn't really make changes to any of them like Piastri's come into McLaren and become like one of the best drivers on yeah. the grid already uh, definitely, you know, well deserving of rookie of the year. I can't believe, although I can't There's believe he one beat, can't believe he beat beat Logan out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he's the imposter, Logan. No, 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 no. You said oh. top five teams. Yeah. There's one very obvious. Top, top five teams. Yeah. You oh said yeah, five. five. One. Yeah. If one of the drivers. If you talk about Aston Martin. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh, uh, there's Stroll. one guy yeah. Yeah, yeah, that you're yeah. looking like. Well, I thought you were going to talk about well, I mean, three. It's not even an option. If we were, I thought you were going to say Checo. I, yeah, I thought when you said no. five, I got it. But for even for top three, like Checo really kind of rode that line. Like he, I would say he he came away by the skin of his teeth with that yeah, keeping yeah. that seat throughout the end of the year. Because I mean, yeah, if, I agree. if you want to read into like that, I guess it was a rumor, but 
I mean, all we do is really go off of rumors here. So um, that that Helmut Marco put that goal on him to finish yeah. ahead of Lewis in the P two battle to keep his seat. Uh, obviously, like that DQ by Lewis, like really put that battle away. But like, if it was that close, then you know you could say that. And if who knows if Danny Rick had had like a better return with AlphaTauri, like somewhere something where you couldn't not deny, a broken hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a broken hand, and just couldn't deny um, an opportunity for him to go back and. Uh, share the drive with Max, then you know maybe there would have been some more talk around there. But well, yeah. I think regardless, like he's been on a he's been on a short leash for like yeah. half of this season. The performances haven't been there. I'm not saying he's an imposter by any means. No, he's not still Lance Stroll was the imposter. I think hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> I agree. With you. I actually had to think about that, but yeah. to me, it doesn't even count because like he's guaranteed. It's like. It's like uh, saying that you're going to take the four wheels off one of the cars. Like, yeah. He's that glued on to that. Yeah. And, so and like, yeah. all I'll say about Checo is that this doesn't all, like, reset going in next year. I think going yeah. in next year from race one, he's oh, still yeah. – no his chance. seat is still warm from this season. It's hot. And the reason is, like, it's not like we're going off of no – prior evidence that Red Bull is ruthless. Like, they're ruthless with their drivers, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I, to me, it's, like, even amazing that they're giving him this long of a leash. I think it shows, like, the respect that they have for him, to yeah. be honest. Because, uh, And the other thing about this whole subject is it also shows, like, how good Max is. Because, like, this car is clearly not... Like, it's great car, but, like, Checo's not w- coming second every race. Like, no, not even he, close. And Checo's a good driver. So, um, I think I, I've, I've watched videos and done some reading since the offseason started. And, like, Max is able to, like, take cars that are very hard to drive and drive them really well. And that's why, like, the harder you can push a car to drive, you know, it, technically it drives harder. It's harder to drive, but that means you can get more out of it. You yeah. push the limit of that car further if you can take it there. So I think that's like one thing where I just think that like he has this crazy ability to do, and uh, it's pretty impressive to watch. And like if he wasn't on the track, I don't think we'd be seeing like a Red Bull winning every race. We'd be seeing like all these oh, other, yeah. other ones. So you know, ar- arguably we're gonna wait till these other cars catch up. Max is still gonna be at like an advantage, obviously next season, but. The idea is that like they can at least catch up and, and bring a fight to him. But what a what a season, um, what a season he had. But yeah, definitely Lance Stroll. I would say the only imposter for that driver lineup. But it will be exciting to see like the same grid. I think next year. I think there's not a lot of complaints and or anything we can really change. Obviously, the last piece of the puzzle was Logan Sargent, who I thought had a better end to the year than you know than I would have expected. He definitely did. Yeah. But it wasn't anything, like, close to Alvin, even. Like, I he was no. never... I think Sargent kind of had, like, an average rookie season. Like, just took a long time to get acclimated to the car. And then once he started getting comfortable, like, he was doing decent. I think it was just hard because we were comparing him against Piastri, who just came in and, like, acted Acting like... champ. Acted like he was in F- Acted like he had a few seasons already under his belt, really, like, with the way he drove that car. Yeah, I think the other benchmark, too, is, like, you look at recent rookies, to even ones to drive, like, this generation of car, and you look at, like, Joe, who I think is, like, a more consistent yeah. driver. Agreed. I don't think he's been given the machinery yet to, like, but I think he's more consistent. He had a decent year, I thought, considering how bad that car was. Um, and mm. then you look at, like, Mick Schumacher, who, like, for me, I think... Honestly, I think Logan and Mick are, like, very comparable drivers where they're, like, kind of, like, high risk, high reward. Like, Mick obviously crashed a lot. Logan crashed a lot this year. Like, let's not forget that. He definitely spent a lot of money from the Williams team on a a lot of the crashes. So, it's just interesting to see. Like, obviously, they have faith in him, I think, 
too, from like a marketing perspective, having the U.S. driver on the yeah, grid is a good thing for Williams. Going to be there. In a team that, you know, look at that team f- five years ago, they were in like turmoil. Um, the team obviously got sold and everything like that. So, yeah, they're looking for some stability there. And I think he does provide that from a financial standpoint as well. Um, and from like, if you were to look at alternatives to him that might not provide that, like Mick might be an alternative, but like, is he going to like bring you publicity that you don't necessarily want? Whereas like Logan's more, they don't really expect much of Logan. Whereas like Mm -hmm. Mick, you're kind of like, he's expected to be like a world champion. Well, you look at the drama around Mick and like, that's the other thing in Mick's defense, I think it's kind of hard to really judge his first season or only season F1 because he was, he two sorry, years. he had two, he had two but, yeah. but one of them was like, was, one of the, one of them was like, he was getting double lapped because his car was so yeah, bad. His, yeah. His yeah. car, like great. all the drama around the team, all the drama, drama around his teammate, like that just can't be a healthy environment to nurture like a Hell rookie no. driver. Yeah. So like in terms of comparing Williams to like a team like Haas, there's just so much more stability in a team like Williams, I think. And especially with, them bringing in like uh, well, well today's Williams. Vows, man yeah today's, today's Williams today's James Vows, exactly it, it, he's the key like he's brought that team uh, to me like they're the best underdog team on the yeah. grid because yeah. like he's brought that team to an excellent spot we talked about it multiple times on the podcast how they just like hone in on races and they just build that car to be a rocket ship and just like take their exactly. chances like, take their chances and and like the races where the uh, the circuit did suit the car I mean like. It, we we were bullish on them on those races for a good reason because like yeah. you look at a team like Haas where it's like even if there's a circuit that um, suited their car it's like do we really have faith that they're gonna be able to pull out a good result? Yeah, the answer is yeah. no. So well, their their whole thing is like their philosophy is completely wrong. It's just they're, chaotic. They're going a different direction next year, hundred yeah. percent. But like the their philosophy is just like a way worse version of the Ferrari where it just munches tires yeah. like crazy. So and the yeah, last thing be changes. Yeah, there. the last thing I want to say about Sergeant though is just like I mean. It's hard now to remember Yuki's rookie season, but I remember there was a... He, I don't think he was that different than Sargent in, in the way his rookie season went down, I would say. And and you look at, like, how Yuki's kind of evolved since then. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's definitely hope for Sargent. And, yeah. Uh, a big part for Yuki was obviously having to take a leadership role the first half of the year when he had uh, DeVries yeah. as his teammate. And even though I think DeVries is a lot older than him. Oh, uh, a lot older. Yeah, a yeah. lot older. He He's had to kind of take the reins as far as, like, making sure the team was stable and getting decent results as far as the car could handle it. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. give, give Sergeant some time. And I've, I mean, who knows, like something happens where Albin gets an opportunity on another team. Cause he's, he's mm-hmm. driven well. Um, he could very well like earn a spot if it opened up and maybe Sergeant sees himself in the same position as Yuki and uh, that helps him out. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I liked what you said was that he's a rookie. It's yeah. like, what could you really expect of him? You saw flashes of brilliance and then you would follow it up with a terrible session the next day. So it's just like, yeah, String yeah. it together for a full weekend, and then that's when you start I, building off I, of it. But the towards one, the end, he definitely had good sessions. There was more consistency at the end. The one thing I'll say, like, when I when you compare him, a really good comparison is Yuki, but I also think that, like, if I'm looking at both of those drivers raw talent-wise and raw speed, I just don't know if I see the raw speed oh, at, okay. with Logan as I did. Like, Yuki, we saw raw talent, raw speed. I don't know if Logan has that, like, he's going to, like... Uh, flashes of brilliance is even like obviously I get what you're trying to say but like I don't ever know if I was ever like oh he's doing brilliant like, say, oh yeah, he did more, a solid job more flashes of decency yeah, but yeah on a team like Williams that's really all you can ask for no so. for sure and like the the seat he's trying to fill like that's what he needs to do it's just I think like yeah let's see next season if he can show yeah. like comfortability to a level where we're like okay this guy's quick because 
I think with every other driver or most other drivers, I've had a time where I'm like, okay, he's quick. With Logan, I don't know if I've ever actually yeah. thought no. that. But all, like, no, another that's... thing that can happen though is like, obviously you don't have that luxury when you're a rookie or even a driver that's way down on the pecking order to be able to choose where your career goes. Like, oh yeah, you, you could just plop him, plop him down in his car. That's like you wouldn't expect anything, and then all of a sudden, just it just suits his driving style perfectly, and he yeah. just masters it. So you never know. In a perfect world. In a perfect world, but there's no shame in being a driver that. It's just like a Valtteri Bottas, you know, like Valtteri when he's on Mercedes, just oh, no. a good Checo teammate. Checo Perez, man. Yeah. yeah, even Checo, like when he, when he, P4 if Azura. he's finishing races, right? Like just be getting a solid, decent haul, driving yeah. up to the expectations of the car. Yeah. You don't need to be uh, out driving yeah, it's necessarily. It's within reason. And that's why, going back to that Red Bull point real quick, it's like, be careful what you ask for. Because if Checo all of a sudden finds this ridiculous form and starts competing with Max... You're gonna have a split team again. Yeah, so yeah, it's exactly. like yeah. really be careful what you ask for. Yeah, then Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton. Era. Exactly. So it's like I'm perfectly fine with him being 500 points back. <laughs> if, yeah, I'm, yeah. if I'm Christian yeah. Horner, I don't give a fuck. I, well, I you're fine with it. You're I fine with it when Max it. is when you have to run away. When Max is running away with it yeah. and it's not close. But if if you're relying on him for those like results, to, no, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Then completely. it's a different story. No, I did, yeah, you're right. It makes his seat a little less hot. That's for sure. That's a really good point, actually. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing too, just to wrap up the driver talk, I did want to mention Mick secured a drive in uh, like endurance car racing, I think, for oh, next cool. season. So he'll be doing some of that. So which is good. He mentioned that like it was weird having a full year without actually racing. So to have him back, uh, doing was he some not even a reserve things. driver at all? He, he was, was a reserve driver, driver but like you he don't didn't race. have his race. But so. I thought he, he would get a few like practice sessions in or something. No, he, they save that for like the rookie drivers or. Whatever oh, yeah. the, I think did he not do the academy drivers? No, the academy drivers. Yeah, yeah that's I guess what he didn't get report. to. He didn't get to do any. I thought he was going to get to do enough. Because didn't session. Danny get one in uh, preseason pre- testing? Didn't maybe, Danny but... get a drive in the Red Bull in one of the circuits? Or am I? Yeah, that that was the testing that oh, he okay. talked about it in his Beyond the Grid podcast. How he got into the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I forgot what circuit it was. But he ended up getting. Oh, like, that was when they decided to sign him to Alpha Tower. Yeah, it was, he did this lap that was like a few hundredths off of Max's time, and then Helmut Marko was apparently already typing up the contract. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he said. I actually think you're right. I don't think Mick got into the Mercedes this year. I think he did yeah. like the past year's cars. Like he did yeah. those kind of testing, oh, yeah. like tire testing yeah, days. Yeah. But he was but, never. Yeah, uh, it's the racing aspect, though. Yeah, not, exactly. Not he didn't have like a seat, so he'll be the reserve driver again next year. But he'll also have like a race seat somewhere, nice. which is good. I like that. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, do you guys want to go through just like our predictions, just to see yeah, how we did from last season before we yeah. wrap up uh, twenty twenty into the questions you have, and then into the questions. Yeah, exactly. A couple questions, and then. Uh, and then yeah. we will say goodbye for 2023. So I think uh, the best way to do it would be to start like with dr- different segments of the grid. Like we'll go top three, kind of debrief a little bit, and then sure. we don't have yeah. to spend as much time uh, once we get to the lower parts. But um, let's start with James here because he nailed the top three. Credit to James. Uh, starting off with the Red Bull, I don't think that one was too difficult to pick. But then the, the key here was having Mercedes in the P2 and the constructors. And uh, shout out to all my doubters. Uh, in the comments when we post these predictions, <laughs> I, full disclosure: I did have Mercedes number one, and I fully admit that was a that was a vibes driven prediction, not yeah. a not a not one backed by a, no, data. Sure, no data, no no data, no data. So, but yeah, Mercedes in the P two spot, which I think most people still would have doubted um, going into the season, and then Ferrari P three. So that uh, obviously matches what we ended off the season with. Um, then we'll flip over to me here. 
who put Mercedes in the P1 spot, which obviously derailed any hope of having a perfect top three. <laughs> but then, uh, and then the P2 was just the natural spot for Red Bull to go, just because they couldn't be P1 based on yeah. how I'd rank things. Uh, and then Ferrari in P3, which was correct, actually. So one for three. One for three. Two, and then three for three. Three for three, one for three for Mattel, and then Gregoire uh, nailing the Red Bull in the, in the top spot. But then going one for three as well, having Ferrari in P two and Mercedes in P three. So oh, it would have been two. close if I had. I would have been the one. It was laughing. the man. I would have been the one laughing. Yeah. It was the. Yeah. It was the. But I think with Chiru, and I think I think you probably, when drafting your prediction, had Ferrari in a safe P two as well. So. I yeah, mean, and like we said earlier yeah. in the episode, they should have been. They should have. For all intents and purposes, the car was better. They should have been there. They been. And like Data honestly, wise, James, you could take your three for three without stuff bullshit. That's oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It, sh- it should have been Ferrari. It's the manhole cover. Manhole yeah, cover never happens. They're right there. They should be there. If no, you would have bet on it, they would have won it. If you would have bet the oh, yeah. three at the start of the year, then you would have mushed it. They would have won it. <laughs> well, let's just I would have won three for three. I had a future on George Russell World Driver Champion, so <laughs> that's how good my gambling is. Yeah. Right. So uh, we'll transition on into the midfield. Uh, starting off again with James, uh, James and Mattel will, uh, we actually don't need to go through the individual because Mattel and James were the same here. We had Ooh. Alpine followed by Aston Martin followed by McLaren and that, uh, McLaren in P6 is really probably the, the biggest miss of uh, our predictions because we all had that in fact. Yeah. McLaren in P6, we doubted our boys. What more can we say? We had no. The faith. vibes were low. At the the vibes of the were year. low, and and thinking and back, we were accurate at the yes. beginning of the year. Thinking oh, yeah. back to our mindset when we made that prediction, I don't think, you know, we were anyone would have really faulted us for putting them there just no. based no. on uh, how things were going for them, and really into the season, uh, things continued that way. But we were proven wrong. Uh, the only difference there was Aaron having Aston ahead of Alpine, uh, but other than that, we were kind of on the same page uh, for the midfield. So did anyone get any points in the midfield? Uh, it would have just been Aston P5. Aston P5. No, no, just for you and I. Because uh, I had them P4. P4. So Aaron coming away with an 0 for 3 on the midfield. 1 for 6. 1 for 6 so far. Six. And you're 2 for 6. 2 for 6. James is 4, four for 6. 4 okay. for 6. Yeah. Uh, and then going on into the, the back markers, uh, we had, again, actually, so it, it's worth noting that apart from the top three, Bruin and James, uh, we had identical predictions. Right. Uh, it was only Aaron that had anything different. So uh, for the final four spots on the, the grid here, James and I both had Alpha Romeo followed by Haas, followed by Alpha Tauri, uh, and then Williams in dead last in P10 here. And then Aaron had Haas followed by Alpha Romeo. So switch uh, those two from what James and I had. And then the Williams followed by Alpha Tauri. So they, again, switch those two from what James and I had. Did anyone get any points? I don't no, think so. No. If you're following it, wow. no one got any points. No one got any points. And I think <laughs> the biggest miss there would have probably been Haas anywhere above 10th. Yeah. Or... yeah. We were yeah. way too bullish on Haas. And then I Aaron. Was, I was good to be bullish on Williams, but geez. Yeah. Aaron Aaron had Towery about uh, two spots below what they finished. So. Yeah. Tough. Oh, well. It's all in yeah, fun. Yeah, that back part the of the start of the year, I'm telling you boys, I would think I was 10 for 10. First yeah, two I believe First, like, too. five races, again, I think I was 10 for 10, and then they decided to develop their cars. Yeah. yeah. But it shows anyone, that I know what I'm talking about exactly. from winter yeah. testing. <laughs> before anyone starts ripping us about the back markers here, we're talking about swings of, like, 
three points make a difference between yeah, like yeah. three spots in the standings. No, so that's the hardest one to predict for sure. It's it's like someone like, gets a fastest lap and all of a sudden they're they're passing two teams. Or gets a P six, you're automatically like yeah. gonna be seventh or eighth. So yeah. so uh yeah. If if you feel like uh, ripping us, uh go send us your predictions and then we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can literally throw darts for the bottom six yeah. and you're sorry, for the bottom four and you can spin a bottle. Um, legit. Yeah, so good season, ten percent by me. That's pretty good, I think. So I'll, bring, I'll, go, I'll go. ahead. Also, know is one for ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. Uh, I'll go ahead to next year with goals. You know, uh, Checo and I will have goals for next year. It'll be to be better, but yeah. um, it is what it is. All in all, in all, I think that we're gonna do that every year now, though, because yeah. it's so fun to look back on. And it, it is. is it's it also is fun. fun. Like we talked about it in all the other episodes, really. But like to see how close we were at the beginning, which we were, all of us were really close. And at the end of the year with all the developments that go on, like obviously McLaren ended up being a huge miss because yeah. of the curve they took. I don't even, um, think, I don't even think McLaren knew. No, that they, no, were gonna well, go up they that hoped, high. but like yeah. when, does, when does a development ever come through where you like, oh, I really hope it's this good and it's it's as good as it was. If like, not better than what uh, surpassed better, whatever expectations. Sure, so uh, yeah, all in all, definitely fun, uh, fun way to do things. I think we'll definitely... Uh, have a bit better idea next year just because we've seen like yeah. it's been a couple of years with this era of car so we'll yeah. be able to see like, i feel like the pretenders have kind of sort of sifted down yeah exactly and, like, and especially like, aston being shot out of a cannon it really yeah. kind of brought them back down to earth over yeah. the, yeah. the they're not going to fool me going into the next no. uh, next no. season no, and and sure. there's not going to be a lot of fooling when it comes to like everyone knows the philosophy now that you have to follow that's the red bull car yeah. so they're going to be yeah you know going towards that for next season hopefully we'll see yeah, I think even, you know, I'm the one that got one out of 10 here, but like, I think it's going to be even harder to predict next year just because mm. everyone I think is going to be a lot closer, Agreed. Uh, especially at the top. Like we had, you know, peakiness and that made the shuffle of this uh, order for the end of this year. But I think next year we're going to have yeah. even, even more of a shuffle, but less peakiness, just like. Yeah, I a feel lot like, of like one or two point battles throughout yeah, the group. I was gonna say, I feel like the the pecking order will be set almost right out the gate, and then kind of k- keep that consistently. Yeah, exactly. Over like, time, like we're probably gonna these see huge swings that we saw. Yeah, exactly. Like we're probably gonna see like if Red Bull finished with eight sixty, hopefully they're gonna finish with less, like let's say seven hundred. So that gives like points to the rest of the top yeah, five. Exactly, seven hundred, like one hundred and sixty points divided out throughout the rest of the grid. That could yeah. be some swings there. For yeah, sure. exactly. So hope that's the hope. Obviously, we're talking about this in December of twenty twenty three, so we have no idea. But yeah. that's the hope. That's our hope heading into next year. We assume that that's everyone else's hope. That's that's listening as well. So that's our little uh, preview for next year. I also want to finish this. Goodbye 2023 with a little quick round table as to some good favorite moments, favorite races, drivers of the year as we normally do yeah. on the Dive On podcast. So I'll start things off with your driver of the year. If anyone, uh, James, do you have yours ready? And the caveat was other than Max. Other than so, Max. Other than Max. Okay. Re- just looking at this list, it has to be the 42-year-old Fernando Alonso. This guy, it, it just looks like there's nothing stopping him. He had... His memes were unbelievable this year being posted with the, the Aston Martin, uh, whatever, admin page, whatever they call it. And he was just pulling podiums out of thin air yep. at the beginning of the year. And even a little bit when they looked like they were taking a step back, he still came out, reached out, and plucked a podium or two towards the end of it. So he was the only thing that made the beginning of the season so exciting, competing yes, with Red Bull. Sure. And like the fact that he was able to keep it over a full uh, season... And he absolutely destroyed Stroll. 206 points to 74. Yeah. Like, what is that? 132 points? 
nuts. Yeah, the fact that like at the nuts. beginning of the year he was like the other color, the other team on the podium, mm. which none of us expected. Like that car was battling fringe points at yeah. the last season, at the end of last season. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, a solid choice there. It also kind of solidifies it with that last week, last uh, race. He ends up solidifying P four with uh, having more countback P twos than Charles and finishing P4 in an Aston Martin in the driver's standing is legitimately insane. Incredible. Uh, something we wouldn't have predicted. For... 42 years old doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it so... goes to show where his uh, his world driver championships came from. And it, it was a... I wish I got to see him back then, but it was a blast from the past. Yeah, definitely. And then like even seeing like a driver of that caliber in a car that's not necessarily world championship caliber. Like I feel like the last few years we've seen him just be an absolute force in the midfield like yeah. where he was with Alpine he was so fun to watch and now with Aston Martin and at the start of the year obviously it was a lot of fun to watch so good pick take it Vroom, do you have yours or do you want me to go uh, I have mine pretty easy um, yeah. I will put on my homework glasses because I haven't had a chance to do that much this year and I'll go with the, the 38 year old I believe Lewis Hamilton and the reason I'm picking Lewis uh kind of similar to some of the reasons James picked um picked uh Alonzo here but I will say that I mean we talked about it like he was not driving a good car throughout the year. And no, if everything went to what the car would have allowed, I think they should have been in a very solid P3 spot in the constructors, uh, not really close to Ferrari in P2. So I think a big reason they finish uh, P2 in the constructors is because of Lewis. Uh, we look back okay, throughout the year, and there was, there was times throughout the year where the, the car was showing a bit of promise, so just to give some credit um, yeah, to that side of things. In, where was it? Pole in, wasn't it Singapore? No, no, not Singapore. Sorry, like Hungary for some reason. Hungary. Yeah, Hungary. George last year was. It I think it was Hungary. This year? I, think I think it was, it was Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, yeah, and that was just really out of nowhere. Um, but again, the car was showing promise at the time of the year. But throughout the other parts of the year, where the car was just not showing any type of promise whatsoever, Lewis was still coming away with um, podiums and and really like the big point hauls that allowed them to to sneak by three points ahead of Ferrari. So, uh, and just to give a little comparison to his teammate. Uh, it was about 60 points ahead. I think he finished out of Russell to give some context. Uh, six podiums, four fastest laps, and then obviously that one taken away podium. Uh, I think it was a P2 because of the DQ yep. on the, uh, the, the floor, floor wear. So in uh, Austin, I think it was. I believe it was Austin, yeah. yeah. So yeah. all those things taken into account, um, I don't think Mercedes is looking at uh, the result they finished the season with if it's not for the way Lewis Hamilton drove the car. Um, and I think you know, going into next year, that's just like a lot of motivation for them to, to make some advances in the car because clearly Lewis is showing he can still drive. Um, he talked about oh, yeah. there was times after the 2021 season where he considered retiring. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I think it's easy for him to say that um, now, but you know, he is showing clearly that he has drive left in him just like Alonso is doing. Oh, without a doubt. So yeah, yeah I would say he's my driver of the year. Definitely some honorable mentions I can make, but uh, I think this is a uh, perfect opportunity to put a little Lewis plug in there so yeah I think that's a good plug I not necessarily something you think about but like uh you know George had some results I would say he wasn't obviously as consistent as last season but like the fact that he finishes ahead of like both Ferraris yeah. and Alonso in the standings is pretty impressive and yeah. like we were obviously talking at one point about him giving Checo a run for his money and if it wasn't for that, you know, missed podium in U.S., then uh, we might have been a little True. closer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely good, two, two good picks. And uh, interesting to think that like when we first started this podcast, we'd be 
saying like Lewis Hamilton driver of the year as like someone that wasn't winning every race because yeah. yeah. like, when we first weird. started weird. it is weird it feels not it doesn't even feel right but at the same yeah. time it's if you've watched this year you know that it is definitely definitely right and a guy that like he hasn't this is the first year also that Mercedes hasn't won a race and he yeah. did not win a race for the last two, two seasons, seasons which is crazy it feels like time's flying when I say that stat because like it also in my in my mind feels like a couple of days ago that we were watching him win like with three wheels you know, on with three wheels or you know, like, like every race in general so yeah um yeah when when we see him win again it'll kind of be I think a little nostalgic for us just because like it was kind of like that was what was happening when we first started yeah. cheering for F1 and then being a fan. So it'll be interesting, I think. You're yeah. saying when? I'm excited. You're saying when? I'm saying when. I'm yeah. saying when. I'm saying I think when. it could happen sure. this year. There was, you know, I don't was, know if those new regulations are going to keep him uh, he's gonna around. To, yeah, I don't know. He's going to have to do a Fernando Alonso tour if that's the case. I think. Or, or, or you say when instead of if. No, if, I, mean, yeah, I think exactly. he does win one eventually. Like there was moments okay. this year. I don't think he's retiring until it happens. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. he's just going to stay stick around. Yeah, exactly. Total will just have to keep getting some secrets from the F F one Academy. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll get that car up. Yeah. To snap. There's no good rookie drivers coming yeah, unless yeah. you have to stay another season. <laughs> yeah, no. Just. Uh, Telling, her, telling him what the yeah. know, no I like here. that pick though I, I like it as well yeah so for me I already had mine just for uh for it was already in my mind and I wasn't actually anything you guys were going to pick which I like to see that we didn't all pick the same driver um it for me it would have been Carlos if he would have finished a little stronger because he was just like I thought he had an unbelievable year obviously oh, the only, only other, driver other driver to win to a win race, a race so. uh, this year outside he, the Red Bull yeah. outside yeah. of a Red Bull exactly he um, was shot out of a cannon after the summer break oh yeah that was, was ridiculous yeah, was watching picante. him out of that mucho picante <laughs> uh, but yeah he ends up being going from fourth all the way to seventh in the last race which was really tough. Um, and so I won't go with him, although I do want to honor him and say like, especially that stat about him actually getting a dub this year. I think it was like, yeah, it was lost in the, the rest of the lost in the season, but we'll also get to our favorite moments too to end off this episode and that you can already guess what mine will be. Um, uh, but my driver of the year will be Alex Albin. Uh, just, mm. um, just always there. Someone where like, there was so much for a lot of this season where there wasn't a lot to talk about. And there wasn't a lot of like, oh, wow, shit, this happened. And Alex was just like always making stuff happen. He was always yeah. like every time, like we said, like I remember watching in Canada and like watching oh. him go in Canada. He had that train behind him for like what felt like the entire lap, the entire race. He was doing yeah. quality lap, quality lap, quality lap. We saw it in Canada. We saw it in like a lot of other tracks where like Canada was kind of like a hybrid for them where obviously you had the long straight, but like there's a lot of like twisty bits as well. And their car is like not, you know, we saw in spa that like the second sector, they were like so fucking slow and then they couldn't make up for it even with the huge straight. So they didn't uh, end up having a great weekend. Like we expected them to, but there's so many weekends where like they were, they were expecting to, and he delivered and he was there for us to be like, Oh wow. P seven qualifies like top five or top six. Yeah. Like, um, in practice, he was always like in, on those tracks, he was like a threat for like the top three, uh, for a lot of yeah, the time, was which, was, wager, which was interesting, uh, a lot of the time too. So definitely for me, uh, a highlight of the year and just someone that like, I always found if I'm to look back this season, I'm going to think, oh, okay, he actually brought something to it. Like he brought a little, like, oh, we're going to cheer for an underdog here yeah. and like yeah. hope that they, they can sure. finish. Uh, and, and, you know, we talked about the, the amazing, um, you know, 
look at a couple of years ago, Williams had no chance of scoring points. Three yeah. years ago, four years ago. Now they're seventh in the constructors this year, 28 points. Um, 27 of those coming from Albin and one of those coming from his teammates. So you look at that, like if he had a teammate that was uh, better than Logan, then maybe they score 15, 20 points. And then all of a sudden you're looking at Williams scoring like 50, 60 points in a season. I think that's like right where they want to be considering their trajectory and yeah. what James Vows wants for them. So, and just to wrap it up, like what James Vows wants for them, he is doing like mm-hmm. he is the driver that James Vows wants. And it's clear that like he's delivering. So uh, yeah, if you would have guessed that I would have said Alex Alvin driver of the year <laughs> after imagine? how much I hated him. Just pull up Red some Bull. of those episodes from our first season doing yeah. this. Oh, and if you would have told Aaron that, you know, a couple of years from now, he'd be picking Alexander Alvin and as talking this way the, about him. Yeah, for sure. But, but no, that's, that definitely gives, gives a lot of credit where it's due. And yeah. I think Al, the best way for me to describe Alvin would be like someone who's just making something out of nothing. Like yeah. the perfect analogy I can think of would just be like, Imagine you're coming home after a vacation with just nothing left in the fridge, nothing left, like, and you're just whipping up meals, just like out with nothing. I, I feel, I feel like that's exactly the analogy I'd use for like Pierre when he was with Alpha Tower. He yeah, just makes something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. A little oh, potpourri. Yeah. yeah, he's he just doesn't have the ingredients in the cabinet, but he's just making a way to <laughs> figuring out a way to make it happen. So a couple substitutes yeah. here and there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not just resorting to the Uber Eats right away. <laughs> <laughs> Like the Haas boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's our uh, drivers of the year. We'll go real quick, too, for moments of the year. I already gave mine away, so I'll just go ahead and start. Carlos Sainz, Dub in Singapore. Definitely, definitely some a race that I'll watch again. I will probably – actually, I can promise you it'll be the only race of this season that I will probably watch again, other than maybe Canada just because we were there. And I'll, at one point when I'm old, I'll yeah. probably watch Watching, all the, watch all the Canadian Grand Prix. When, uh, when we're not as soaking wet either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So – Race day um, was nice. Yeah. So yeah, that that was definitely the moment. Other than like you know, obviously being there live is just completely for the second time was completely amazing. But uh, Carlos Sainz dub in Singapore, fucking have my heart every day. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do more of this. I can't wait for next year. Hopefully, you know they're even more competitive and he can do more with that car. So. Yeah. I mean, I would I would have picked the same moment. I think it's just logical. Like. That really was the only like kind of bright spot entertainment wise on the year that you could. Uh, I think it's like the highest one because the like there one. was other moments like uh, Silverstone. Yeah. Seeing McLaren's come out party. Yeah, McLaren there with Austria and Silverstone was epic. I'll was I'll kind of go selfish off the board here and then double down on my homerism and we talked about it, it was the Lewis uh, pole position in Hungary. Um, yeah. We should double check that it was in Hungary, but I think purely for me, like it was just we talked about the nostalgia and it was like it was weird hearing like Lewis getting pole as if it was like, it's something we've heard so many times yeah, yeah. in our time being F1 fans. It felt like but at the same back. time, like at the same time, like when they, I forget what the stat was, but when they, when they said the number of days that had been since his last pole, that really drove it home. Cause yeah. it had been well over a year, I believe. Yeah. I want to say it was like 500 days or something. something like that. Right. So when you, first of all, it just goes to show how time flies. Uh, but second of all, like just the call itself was electric, uh, Props to, I always forget his name, but Alex Jakes. <laughs> Alex Jakes. Yeah. Um, it was just cool to see because, you know, we, I think going into that weekend, we we talked about Mercedes, um, that it was an opportunity for them to kind of put something together, but so many things can happen in F1 and for that to kind of materialize and um, to kind of give hope that maybe 
maybe Lewis gets a win after a year and a half of being out of kind of contention. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a really cool moment. Even seeing his celebration. Like, his I celebration, remember the yeah. outlap after his quality pull, and, like, he was so ecstatic. And I can imagine, like, what we're yeah. going to feel when when he gets his next win. But, like, yeah, just uh, definitely a really cool And And credit to his team, too, because he's always been a guy that's never really, like, put his team down, even through the really tough moments. Um, you hear in his radio message, he's been very supportive of the, the team and the guys back at the factory. He always mentions uh, yeah, yeah. the guys in Stevenage. Guys and girls at the factory. <laughs> yeah, guys and girls at the factory. So uh, I think for Mercedes as a team, that had to be a moment that they really take into next year with a lot of uh, motivation to, to kind of repeat that feeling and, and uh, capitalize on it too. So yeah. that would be mine for the season. James, to finish it off, so you got the last words of 2023. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know which direction I really which, want to go in. Which of the 19 of your boys' wins are you going to pick? <laughs> None of them. I do have, you know what, we'll go with this one. This, it was a win for one of our boys. Oscar? No. Daniel Ricardo punting Nick DeVries out of the Alpha <laughs> Towery. I thought you were going to say his performance in Mexico, because that was also nice. But... Punting Nick DeVries out of the seat. Go back to Formula E, you little Dutchman. There's only <laughs> space for one of you on this grid. <laughs> it's clearly not you. Uh, yeah, just getting the Aussie back in there. Back in the grid. Yeah, yeah that's it a was, good pick. I, like I mean, I also feel really bad for Nick DeVries, just to let that be known. Like, it must be terrible to have, like, almost 30 years of your life committed to this and just get kicked out in, like, six months. Yeah. But... <laughs> Uh, like that's just, that's, just chance, yeah. that's just ruthless. I'd argue he would. Hey, he can always say he drove oh, F1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's always driven F one, but he could have said that the year before when he that's just right. could have just went on on a high with Monza and with Williams. Yeah, but Nicholas Divi was also an F one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say that it, that created a lot of a uh, lot of drama, a lot of headlines when it was a lot of happiness, a lot of happiness with Danny Rick. In a troubled season, a very yeah. troubled season. Yeah, I know the hand got broken a few few moments later. Um, and I just want to say one special surprise was the Las Vegas Grand Prix. How much shit was going around for it, and the actual yeah, yeah. event itself was pretty sick. Yeah. The so, race itself. The race the itself. Because yeah, yeah. even even going into the into the weekend, it was like, oh my god, this might turn out worse than like yeah, some people yeah. had been. Uh, Lots predicting. of people were you know making hell, like hell raising for it all. Yeah, and I didn't even find like I thought in my head like qualities was going to be the best part of the weekend just because I was like, oh, street track. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of overtaking. And then, like, qualities was kind of like, oh, no. And then I was like, okay, well, the race might be good. And then it was it was good, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think the race, definitely, for sure. And, like, this is coming from a guy who kind of, like, bought into a lot of the, the negativity. Um, the race, undeniably, was good. It was I really so- hope that if if it comes back, they'll just take all these lessons learned in the next year. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one thing you can kind no, of... No, it, it is coming back. Yeah, so, like, the one thing that you can, uh, yeah, like, kind of give them credit for is... Contract. That's right. So, yeah. Obviously, you can give them credit, or not credit, but like kind of uh, give them a pass on the first year doing doing it. Yeah. Obviously, when you're pouring so much money into it, you really don't want to see things like a manhole cover derailing. Um, yeah, the first the first taste of the actual weekend and like really souring. I think a lot of fans were really soured on that, and especially when you're trying to we have such a big opportunity to create like even more buzz around an already growing sport yeah. um but definitely a tough start to the weekend yeah. but i thought they capped it off well they capped Cap- it off well capped it off well <laughs> i don't even know what the pun was oh the so cap the manhole cover oh <laughs> stretch yeah <laughs> so we're gonna leave it yeah. on that <laughs> for this year and obviously like Sweet. i don't know how it works but i don't think they'll have to resurface it again for next year well the I biggest think, thing no, is the definitely. paddock like the paddock's now permanent the that was a lot of like, but i don't really think that played a lot into the weekend i think the biggest was like oh that was more for like 
like the hype around it. The like hype around it, but going into the weekend when they realized you're gonna have fresh tarmac on a cold weekend, and like if if the drivers are struggling for grip, you're just not gonna see a lot of like bold moves, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, well, turn one was a skating race. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and we saw it in the the sessions leading up to the race, like drivers were struggling for grip. So mm-hmm. I think if that can that can be avoided as a factor going in next next race, like. Hopefully we just see some sick overtaking, some sick bold. The moves. good spots of the um, race, yeah. In in the home of gambling, we want to see drivers taking risks, uh, more risks than I was taking the blackjack table this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's just. I mean, really, all you can say is hopefully it can only go up from here. Yeah. Well, now yeah. you guys have Varun's take for the episode you missed, where we were talking about the Grand Prix and he had he had COVID. But just in oh, case yeah. you want to compare that, we basically said the exact same stuff. But I'm glad we agree on that one and it was a good moment of the year for sure and i think like one that could have gone to be like the yes. worst moment of the year that's why the I wanted way it to, started that's, that's why i wanted to give the special mention because yeah. there was so much stuff trying to put it down yeah it sprouted up like a spring flower like a 17 year old pubic <laughs> <laughs> like like battling your way up to 21 when you're delta 12 it's just <laughs> i don't know if my first pube was at 17 but apparently <laughs> apparently lando didn't have one when he was in that yeah program. exactly yeah, but, uh, anyways, that's the best way we can end this podcast from the Dive Bomb oh, Studio. I think we are forgetting one. We oh, oh. were supposed to go in with our spicy takes for next season. Oh, spicy. Oh, oh yeah, way too spicy. Way too spicy. Mm. All right, well, this is just for the memes then. Um, I will say... I will say... do 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 I mean, Lewis winning isn't really that spicy, but it kind no, of No, I'm going to go... If you while, have one. While you... Uh, I ponder. I guess, yeah, ponder yours. I'll just go... And it's it's kind of crazy that this is a way too spicy take, uh, considering how, you know, what the circumstances were two seasons ago. But I'm just going to say Lewis going into P2 in the constructors. Or sorry, in the driver's standings. In the constructors. Okay. In the driver's standings. I think, you know, he was on for it a lot throughout the year. Like, it very well could have happened. Yeah, I would say um, that's like Frank's red hot sauce level. Of Frank's red it's hot, not like overly. But... Well, I'm not gonna go ahead and say he's gonna win it. No, no, that's. But I mean, that's for the memes. We're like, uh, yeah. we're well, maybe, maybe actual... I'll say okay. This is, I think, a good compromise. I will say, going to the summer break next year, there will be a title fight on the table Ooh, between Max and Lewis. I like between it. Max and Lewis specifically. Okay, between oh, Max and oh, Lewis. Just digging up bad blood. And it doesn't matter if Mercedes comes out after the summer break and shits the bed. I don't know if they come out and overperform. Uh, the first half of the year, but I will say going into the summer break, we will have at least a taste of a potential title fight between Max and Lewis for old times. Two sake. different cars Two for different a cars. title fight. I love it. Okay. Yeah. My quick uh, hot take going in next year, we're going to have not one, but two McLaren race winners at the end of the season. I like it. Love that. Yeah. Two. Love that. Lando and Oscar collecting W's. Love that. It was on my radar, but I'm glad you said why not, it. Why not double down on and tell us which races? No, I'm going to say multi-race winners. Oh, okay. Plural. Okay. They each get two. They each get two. There's my double down. Is in looking in the magic, uh, the crystal ball here, does one of those happen to be in Oscar's home race in Australia? One's in Adelaide, one's in Montreal, one's in Silverstone, Austria. and the other Austria. one is in Lando. Las Vegas. <laughs> oh my There we go. They do not race in Adelaide, but we will... Uh... James will be... <laughs> I thought it was Adelaide. It's in Melbourne, but... <laughs> it's in Melbourne. <laughs> Australia it is. Um, wow. I will say Danny Rick sits in the Red Bull... 
midway through next oh! season. That is, and is that a permanent seat or is that a permanent time? permanent seat? That is wow. a sizzling fajita. Bang! Oh wow! Crack a lack and right next to me as I'm about yeah, to yeah, sink yeah. my teeth. I was gonna go McLaren wins, but I like I'm gonna go this. Oh, I love right. that. I like it. I and love is, that. And again, just to kind of uh, dig a bit deeper, like I did for James, is that because of Checo's driving or is is it because of Danny's driving? Well, I think it would be a combination of both, but let's say it's more Checo's fault than okay. it is Daniel's. All right. Well, that that certainly yes. will play a hand in helping my prediction come true. If uh, yes, if that happens to be the yes, case. it will be for sure. Uh, if that happens. All, any of our predictions, that's going to be a spicy. Let's just say we're exactly. not going to be struggling for things to talk about on the pod next yeah. year. If, if, that, if that happens. What a, way, what a way to wrap it up because that should excite everyone for yeah. the 2024 and, uh, season. Let's just cap it off by saying, Sam, I expect an e-transfer any moment now for uh, the way I've treated your boys on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> they are personally my boys too, so I can't be uh, putting it that way. But. Yeah. So in all... To wrap it all up, we want to thank everyone for their support through 2023. Another great season. Thank you, boys, for continuing the podcast with me. And uh, it's been a lot of fun again this year. Keep uh, keep growing. Keep having fun uh, doing the podcast, doing these reviews with you guys. It's been a lot of fun. We had to definitely change it up this year to make things a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I hope that we uh, provided you viewer, you listeners with uh, some, some good content over the year. I think we did a good job spicing up a season that really needed some spice and let's hope that our spicy takes roll forward into 2024. Thank you very much. Thank you, Varun. Thank you, James. Got you. See you next year. See you in 24.